Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Welcome, friends. I'm your host, Zen Garcia. This is Secrets Revealed here on Truth Frequency Radio, and I hope that all of you had a wonderful day. It was really beautiful here in Georgia, 70 degrees with really nice breeze. Um, a beautiful day to give thanks to the Most High and for the bounty and for all the blessings. And um, so it was a wonderful day. How, how are you doing, Rob? Do you have a good day, brother? I did, Zen. How are you, man? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, I, I did as well. And um, uh, it's always a, a day to eat a lot because <laughs> the food is so very good. But um, yeah, I got to enjoy, you know, just a, the rains came through last night and passed by uh, quickly. And it was just a gorgeous day. We had the doors open, a nice breeze running through the house. And so really beautiful day to not go anywhere and not have to do anything and uh, just to kind of kick back, hang out with my cats. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How about yourself? Were you um, mostly stationary or did you uh, take off with others and hang out? Yeah, no, I actually elected to do nothing at all today um, right because, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but uh, whenever I eat, I tend to like cough, like I get like phlegm or something in my throat. And so anytime I eat, it, it makes me cough for eh, probably five or 10 minutes. And everywhere we would have gone today, there were old people there. And I'm, I was like, you know, what? Uh, yeah, I, trip you out. know everybody's going to think I got the plague, you know, so <laughs> I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So, uh, basically I did nothing. I sat at home and did absolutely nothing today. Uh, nice for the whole day. Sheila, on the other hand, she's been traveling around, visiting family and doing what we would normally do on. Right on. Yeah. Most excellent. Um, well, how's, uh, been your week with regarding projects or, uh, update on seed or anything else that you're doing involved in or, yeah, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, I generally don't care for the whole idea of black Friday, uh, you know, people yeah. spend today talking about what they're thankful for, and then spend tomorrow killing each other over tickling the Elmo, or, or you know, whatever <laughs> yeah, the right. whatever the latest stupid thing is. Uh, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm not stupid. That's the day where you can get some really good deals, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm actually looking at my budget, what I have, you know, in, in the seed project uh, available, and what I can get that I need to continue moving forward you know, and take advantage of the sales and stuff. So that's what I was kind of doing is just looking. It, there's a new graphics card that's amazing, the, the uh, NVIDIA GeForce 3080, that's just amazing, but it's sold out everywhere. Like it's And it's been sold out for a while now. I was hoping that they would have restocked and had them ready for tomorrow, but apparently not. So, uh, But in the meantime, um, I, I uh, uh, got an update from the team in South Africa this morning and they sent me some uh, some of the latest renders and stuff that look really good so yeah things are still moving forward just everything's way slower than it had been in the past and you know honestly right. i think many of us i know i am certainly are just sitting here holding our breath <laughs> like waiting to see what's going to happen next you know uh mm -hmm. you know it's almost like do i continue working on my projects or do i bunker down and get ready for the apocalypse tomorrow <laughs> right. you know what i mean right. it's like 
you know, I, to be honest with you, I've been, you know, when it comes to actual productivity, I've been almost paralyzed just since November 3rd, just kind of sitting here going, geez, you know, I don't know, I don't know what to think. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, it's kind of crazy, but I guess we'll find out yeah. soon enough. Yeah, it's a lot crazy, and um, hopefully something will come about of the, the court cases, because without a doubt there is overwhelming evidence and I, I feel like if um, you know the fraud isn't checked well I think things are already out of hand I mean just the fact that um, they were able to pretty much get away with it up and up until this point uh, I just uh, I just don't know yeah have you, have you been following the Sidney Powell Giuliani and that whole crowd have you been following what's been going on yeah I, I've watched well you know not like daily or updates but I, I have seen a lot of the evidence and you know just all the the craziness with the ballots and the software the electronic voting machines even my son and I did a, a show about this last night and um, numbers being flipped and even how you know, the Venezuelan election, same people, how they were able to secure all that. And so there's a a, a long, um, as far as the corruption, it goes it's way deep. back. Yeah, yeah, it's deep. And, and you got Sidney Powell saying things like she's going to release the Kraken. <laughs> and uh, uh, for people who are up on Greek mythology, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a pretty substantial statement to be made by an attorney with the reputation like she has. Uh, and, of course, Trump uh, pardoning uh, General Flynn. I, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's, I have a feeling things are going to get very, very, very interesting in the very near future because my, it's my understanding that a lot of these major lawsuits have been filed this week. Everything that we've seen up to this point have been minor. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, right on. Um, yeah, because I know that there's been... A lot of, um, as far as the cases have been thrown out, and only two, and I don't know, you know, if they were the major ones or, um, but you're saying not up until this point, and so yeah, yeah, at least yeah. the stuff that I've been watching, uh, I've I've really found some pretty cool alternative uh, media channels on YouTube. Um, Newsmax is pretty good, but there's some other ones out there that I've recently been turned on to that I'm like, wow, these people seem to be really on top of it. Um, have you ever listened to Pete Santilli? Mm, no, I don't believe so. I'd never heard of him before. He, he's kind of, he's very much an Alex Jones type of personality, uh, uh-huh. very much like Alex Jones. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but he's been having some really high profile people on as guests, you know, like, like major people on his show. And, I don't know. I mean, there's this there's this sense that yes, you have everything what mainstream media is telling you. Of course, we all know that anything anytime mainstream media is opening up their mouth, it's a lie, uh, right? A smokescreen or a gaslighting exercise. Um, so to hear sort of an alternative view of what's going on, yeah, I found at least some measure of hope anyway of listening to these other people because you spend 20 minutes on CNN and you're going to be suicidal. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like these days. Right. And, you know, they just keep saying conspiracy theorists or conspiracy theory. They just keep regurgitating that same thing. And, you know, for a lot of people, it it works. You know, they think 
oh, conspiracy theory, you know, they must be crazy, throw it out the window, don't even listen, don't even tune in, and and yet there's a, a lot to what's going on, and they brought out a lot of evidence, and yet, of course, none of this is being reported on the mainstream, and they're just calling you know, everybody sore losers, and yet um, the whole voting system and everything is called into question. Yep. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see, you know, if this stuff finally makes it through the Supreme Court and right. if there are, is any real justice left in this country, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see one way or another. I mean, but the thing that gets me is, and what's really frustrating to me is, yes, it's okay for the media to speculate and we have freedom of press to, to have freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff. But the press does not determine the president. The electors do, and the electors aren't, right. they're not, we're two weeks at least, we're over two weeks away from the electors casting their votes. So there is no president-elect until the electors actually do their job, uh-huh. which is on, the, what, December 14th. So it's just so frustrating. I mean, I mean, and, and I hope that the media is held accountable uh, either way, right. whatever, whatever comes down, whatever the end result is. Uh, because whatever the aftermath is, especially if it's bad, it's gonna be it's gonna land squarely on the media's shoulders. It's their fault uh-huh. for stirring up this country. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just pray for resolution, because um, things are pretty insane. Man, I mean, have Times. you have you been able to maintain your productivity, <laughs> regardless? Yeah, I I just finished the the Dragon Lords book and released it both in soft and hardback. I finished it two days ago and got a proof, and um, now that one is behind me. And so uh, those two books on the pre-Adamite series, the uh, pre-Adamic and the Antediluvian World, and then the the Dragon Lords, the Antediluvian Kings, those are now out and available and um, for anybody that wants to check that out we also have a 30% off sale at sacredwordpublishing.com right now you can just when you check out type in the code TY30 and it gives you 30% off of all of the books all of the ebooks whatever you might have in the the basket and so that's good until the end of November and uh, also been working on the new Enochian calendar for um, January upcoming and I'm halfway done with that so once I'm done with that I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to start working on the the movie script and nice um, yeah so I'm looking forward to that because I have so many ideas especially with all the shows that we've done and all the you know interesting concepts like the Sword of Methuselah and other things that have yeah. come up yeah so yeah, yeah, that's all cool, man. Well, good for you. I'm glad you're you've been able to stay productive. I've just been, I mean, I try to do stuff. I'm getting a little bit done, a little bit here and there, but I'm uh-huh. been nowhere near as productive as I have been in the past. Uh, although last night um, I aired the pre-recorded show that I did. Uh, I don't know. I think on the 13th or whenever it was, a, f- a few weeks ago. The, the night that we were gonna do. Uh, or the week we were let's see we did my 200th anniversary thing that was what last Wednesday yeah that was a great show yeah that was fun um the previous week uh you know I wasn't uh, whatever happened we didn't do it but um anyway I did a pre-recorded show with Sean Griffin 
that I nice. aired up for last night's show uh, nice, here on TFR nice. that was uh, on the Lighthouse right. uh, alternative. And uh, so it was cool because, you know, I, I had edited it for YouTube and took out all the commercials and stuff like that and and and, and released it as a premiere so that uh, both Sean and I could be in the chat room. Oh, nice. You know, so awesome. go through it again. And just watching it again, uh, even though I've seen it like three or four times now, I'm real excited for Lighthouse. I think that's going to be a really awesome thing for for all of us. So, you know, if we don't transition into the apocalypse in the next month or so, <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's at least some hope on the social media side, anyway, right. uh, with what he's doing with Lighthouse. Yeah. So, when is the network live, or is it already? I, you know, I kept trying uh, to get them to nail down a date, and they just kept saying mid December. So. Uh, uh, okay. I don't. I don't know that they have an official launch date. They, they, but, uh-huh. but definitely sometime before the end of December is their goal. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll definitely check it out. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to get into it? I think we were on Genesis 17. Yeah. Um, I believe. I believe we read 17. Uh, I do. Let me look at it real quick here. It's been so long now, it feels like. Uh, right. Exceedingly fruitful, Canaan, this is my covenant. Every, yeah, that was a circumcision one. Oh, okay. So All we right. did yeah. 17. So, uh, yeah, I suppose we could jump into um, 18. Uh, Sounds good. Okay, here we go. Genesis 18 in the King James. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day and he lifted up his eyes and looked and lo three men stood by him and when he saw them he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said my lord if now I have found favor in thy sight pass not away I pray thee from thy servant let a little water I pray you be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts after that ye shall pass on for therefore are ye come to your servant and they said so do as thou hast said and Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said make ready quickly three measures of fine meal knead it and make cakes upon the hearth and Abraham ran in unto the hearth and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hastened to dress it And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he set by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being so old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And Yahuwah said, 
Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great nation, a great and mighty nation, and all nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of Yahuwah, to do justice and judgment, that Yahuwah may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And Yahuwah said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. And there were men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before Yahuwah. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be wicked, and uh, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of the, all the earth do right? And Yahuwah said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto Yahuwah, which am dust and ashes. Peradventure, there lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he said unto him again, and said, Peradventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, O oh, let not Yahuwah be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold, now I have spoken upon, I have taken upon me to speak unto Yahuwah. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, O oh, let not Yahuwah be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And Yahuwah went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. All right. Um, I've got the Targum pulled up. And so I'll read it. And this is 18. Are you going to do a screen share or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me do that real quick. Okay. Yeah. And the glory of the Lord was revealed to him in the valley of Mamre. And he, being ill from the pain of circumcision, sat at the door of the tabernacle in the fervor or strength of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three angels in the resemblance of men were standing before him angels who had been sent from the necessity of three things because it is not possible for a ministering angel to be sent for more than one purpose at a time one then had come to make known to him that sarah should bear a man-child one had come to deliver lot and one to overthrow sodom and amorah and when he saw them he ran to meet them from the door of the tent and bowed himself on the earth. Jerusalem. Three angels were sent to our father Abraham, and the three were sent for three things, because it is not possible that one of the high angels should be sent for more things than one. The first angel was sent to announce to our father Abraham 
that behold, Sarah would bear Isaac. The second angel was sent to deliver Lot from the midst of the overthrow. The third angel was sent to overthrow Sodom and Amorah, Adma and Zeboim. Therefore was there a word, a prophecy from before the Lord unto Abraham, the just. And the word of the Lord was revealed to him in the valley of vision. And he sat in the door of the tabernacle, comforting himself from his circumcision in the fervor or the strength of the day. And he said, I beseech by the mercies that are before thee, O Lord, if now I have found favor before thee, that the glory of thy Shekinah may not now ascend from thy servant until I have set forth provisions under the tree. And I will bring food of bread that you may strengthen your hearts and give thanks in the name of the word of the Lord and afterwards pass on. For therefore at the time of repast are you come and have turned aside to your servant to take food. And they said, Thou hast spoken well. Do according to thy word. And Abraham, Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said to her, Hasten three measures of flour meal, mix and make cakes. And unto the flock ran Abraham, and took a calf, tender and fat, and gave to a young man, and hastened to make prepared meats. And he took the rich cream and milk and the calf, which the young man had made into prepared meats, and set them before them, according to the way and the conduct, hilkath of the creatures of the world. And he served before them, and they sat under the tree. And he quieted himself to see whether they would eat. And they said to him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, she is in the tent. And one of them said, Returning, I will return to thee in the coming year. And you shall be revived, and behold, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah was hearkening at the door of the tent. And Ishmael stood behind her and marked what the angel said. Jerusalem. And he said, returning, I will return to thee at that time to revive you. And behold, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a male child. And Sarah was hearkening at the door of the tent. And Ishmael stood behind her. But Abraham and Sarah were old. They had mounted a loo in days. And with Sarah, the way of women had ceased. And Sarah wondered in her heart, saying, After that I am old, shall I have conceptions? And my Lord Abraham is old? Jerusalem. And Sarah derided in her heart, saying, After that I am old, is it possible to return to the days of my youth for me to have conception? And Abraham old? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why hath Sarah so laughed? saying, Can it be in truth that I shall bear, being old? Is it possible to hide anything from before the Lord? At the gracious time I will return to thee, in the time when you shall be revived. And Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied and said, I wondered not, for she was afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, yet in truth thou didst laugh. And the angels who had the likeness of men arose from thence, and the one who had made known the tidings to Sarah ascended to the high heavens, 
and two of them looked towards Saddam, and Abraham went with them, Jerusalem, and they looked towards. And the Lord said with his word, I cannot hide from Abraham that which I am about to do, and it is right that before I do it, I should make it known to him. For Abraham is to be a great and mighty people, and through him shall all the peoples of the earth be blessed. The Jerusalem. And the Lord with his word said, Shall I hide from Abraham, my friend, that which I am about to do? For as much as the town of Sodom is among the gifts that I have given to him, it is just that I should not overthrow it till I have made it known to him. Because his holiness, piety, Chazadutha, is manifest before me, and that he will instruct his sons and the men of his house after him to keep the ways that are right before the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath promised, spoken concerning him. All right, we'll be right back for our second portion. No hate, no hype, no fear. Real people, real radio. And in those days, there were giants in the land. And the sons of the angels of God looked upon the daughters of men and found them fair. And took of them wives, and their sons became alone great men of renown. So they have been mixing with us on a genetic level since the time of Enoch and Ezekiel's will. Heaven earth were retreat by the sun, moon, and stars And imagine there's got to be planets like ours So conceive of a face on the surface of Mars So in need of a meaning and purpose we fall And indeed they believe that these might be our gods Or that maybe with time we'll do right and evolve And eventually reach what they seek And then solve all the problems of man But they really don't know that they call And the works of our hands are but just filthy rags So we travel the lands to dig up our past time our lapses all right welcome back everybody for a second segment we are reading through genesis chapter 18 about the destruction of sodom and amorah i'm continuing with the readings from the targum this is the second portion and the Lord said to the ministering angels the cry of Sodom and Amorah, because they oppress the poor, and decree that whosoever giveth a morsel to the needy shall be burned with fire, is therefore great, and their guilt exceedingly weighty. I will now appear and see whether, as the cry of a damsel torn away, which ascendeth before me, they have made completion of their sins or whether they have made an end of their sins. And if they have wrought repentance, shall they not be as if innocent before me? And as if not knowing, I will now, I will not punish Jerusalem. Now will I appear and see according as the cry of the people of Sodom and Amorah hath ascended before me, whether they have made a complete end, 
It may be that some among these sinners do not know that their works of evil are manifest before me. And if they seek to work repentance, behold, they shall be considered before me as if those works had not been known. And the angels who had the likeness of men turned thence and went towards Sodom. And Abraham now supplicated mercy for Lot and ministered in prayer before the Lord. And Abraham prayed and said, Wilt thou destroy in thy displeasure the innocent with the guilty? Perhaps there are fifty innocent persons within the city who pray before thee, ten for every city of all the five cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Zoar. Wilt thou in thy displeasure destroy and not forgive the country on account of the fifty innocent ones who are in it? Unholy would it be before thee to do according to this word, to slay the innocent with the guilty, and to make the innocent to be as the guilty, that be unholy with thee. It cannot be that one who is the judge of all the earth should not do justice. And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty innocent in the midst of the city who pray before me, I will forgive all the land on their account. And Abraham responded and said, I pray for mercy. Behold, now I have begun to speak before the Lord. I, who am as dust and ashes, perhaps of the fifty innocent persons, five may be wanting. On account of the five who may be wanting, to Zoar wilt thou destroy the whole city. And he said, I will not destroy it. If I find there forty and five, and he had yet to speak before him, and said, Perhaps there may be forty found there, ten for each city of the four cities, and Zoar, whose guilt is lighter, forgive thou for thy mercy's sake. And he said, I will not make an end of the sake of the forty innocent ones. And he said, Let not the displeasure of the Lord, the Lord of all the world, Wax strong against me, and I will speak. Perhaps thirty who pray may be found there, ten for each of the three cities, and Zeboim and Zoar. Forgive them for thy mercy's sake. And he said, I will not make an end if I find thirty there. And he said, imploring mercy, I have now begun to speak before the Lord. The Lord of all the world, perhaps twenty, who pray may be found ten in each of the two cities and the three forgive thou for thy mercy's sake and he said I will not destroy for the sake of the twenty innocent and he said I implore mercy before thee let not the anger of the Lord the Lord of all the world grow strong and I will speak only this time perhaps ten may be found there and I and they will pray for mercy upon all the land, and that will forgive them. And he said, I will not destroy for the sake of the ten who may be innocent. And the majesty of the Lord went up when he had ceased to speak with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. That's cool. Uh, he's talking with the word of the Lord there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we see that the word of the Lord is involved in a lot of um, the relationships with the early patriarchs and the prophets, uh, which is intriguing because um, uh, even my son just finished the Chaldee version of the Targum of Isaiah, and we'll be releasing that. And, and I know I have a collection I have to send you, but um, it'll be sometime soon. It'll include this as well. But of course, in this rendition, the word of the Lord is found all throughout as well. And so a very interesting reading. I think you'll be um, interested in reading this text as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have to be. I mean, in the King James, it's it's yod heh vav right there. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet we know that no one can see yod heh vav and live. Right, right. You know, so exactly. even though various characters, like in this case Abraham, but previously, you know, well, later we'll see uh, Moses, uh, you know, face-to-face as one speaks with a friend, it has to be the word of the Lord. It has to be a pre-incarnate Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Did you see, I don't remember if I asked you this or not in the previous show that we did, but have you seen, oh, maybe you sent it to me, uh, the video, somebody did, the video that uh, Adam from Parable of the Vineyard did on the angel of the Lord. Have you seen that? Oh, no, I have not. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah you're going to like that. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know who sent it to me. I don't remember who sent it to me. Oh, I think it was Juan Carlos probably during my, one of my virtual house church episodes probably. Um, uh, yeah, I think Adam sent it to me too, but no, I have not seen it yet, but I will definitely check it out. Yeah, he especially makes, especially since you mentioned it. You know, he's another one that's diving into the Targums and yes, yes. like flipping out, like, dude, like <laughs> he yeah. actually he had texted it to me also. Uh, I, I didn't uh-huh. I didn't look at it when he first tested, texted it to me, but um, when Juan Carlos recommended it to me again, I was like, okay, you know, it's like the second or third time this week somebody's told me I need to watch this. Uh, so for those of you listening out there, you can look up Parable of the Vineyard on the YouTube channel. That's his uh, YouTube channel name. And just look look up his video on the Angel of the Lord. I think he makes, you know, frankly, a rock-solid case you know, from the text, yes. as we've been doing here. Right. Um, right. That, I mean, he's interacting with... Uh, now, it says King James, yod heh but in the Targum, it's word of yod heh which right. we see in the Gospel of John is Yeshua. Yes, yes. Yes, Adam uh, actually contacted me. We're going to be doing a show together and he Oh, awesome. did yeah, he did tell me about how excited he was about learning and you know, discovering and reading from the Targum. Uh he said he and Jake have been reading yeah. through a lot of the material and so yeah, I think a lot of people are you know, now that they're discovering it and they actually read it and um, look at it in parallel with the other manuscripts uh, it's amazing it really is an amazing text and it provides so much more insight on you know again things that remain ambiguous in which we don't get a uh, great elaboration upon yeah exactly um, now this text that you, you well, I don't remember if it was the Jerusalem or the uh, other Targum was saying that one angel was there to interact with Abraham specifically telling about uh, Sarah's pregnancy. One was there specifically to rescue Lot and the other to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Yeah, that's, um, that's what it said. And it, it spoke about that in both the 
Jerusalem and the other Targum. Um, yeah, three angels were sent. And, the, you know, I may mention that um, because it is not poss possible that one of the high angels should be sent for more things than one. Yeah, that was an interesting, yes. yeah. like, I don't understand why they why they can't multitask. I mean, right, you know, right, 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 yeah. That's an interesting <laughs> restriction that yeah. appears to have been given there. But uh, three angels were sent. So that begs the question, then, who's the sender? And mm -hmm. we would naturally presume yod heh vav -Heh, and yet one of the ones that's sent is called yod heh vav -Heh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, in the King James, anyway. I think it's clarified for us in the Targum that it's the word of yod heh vav -Heh. Yes, Even though yes. the Targum, it, it introduces him that way, and then it goes into a shorthand of just the Lord after that. Like, mm -hmm. you see right there, and, and the word of the Lord right. was revealed to him in the Valley of Vision. So, you know, we get the instruction, or, or the introduction, I should say, there, that this character is the word of the Lord, and then later it's just the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, even like one of the other accounts that I'll read from, uh, the Legends of the Jews, it presents it as the Father, as yod heh coming down with the angels. Um well, but, you know, that just again, makes the case, though, that that Yeshua has to be Yahuwah. Yes, exactly right. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, the, the exactly. language just doesn't work. You know? Right, right. You know, in in um, in earlier days, I had heard teachings that the three that appeared represent the Trinity, uh, but there's nothing in there that would indicate that. There's only one there that yeah. indicates any any measure of, of divinity. Um, the, right. the others are just angels that you know, angels, yes, that don't receive the the glorification, the edification, um, and the reaction that typically comes with the divine personage. Yes, appearing. yes. So it yeah, just appears. Is there any text that you're aware of that gives a name to the other two angels? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, oh, let's cool. See. Interesting. It's either this one or the writings of Abraham, um, but it names him as Raphael, Gabriel, and Michael. Well, that's interesting. You got Raphael, Gabriel, and Michael. Oh, here it is. Yeah. And Do yet, you want to read from this? Uh, what is that? The uh, the legends of the Jews. That's the legend. It's of Jews? about the yeah. It's about yeah, yeah. this exact. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Portion. All right. I'll just read this then. Cool. The day whereon God visited him was exceedingly hot. For he had bored a hole in hell so that its heat might reach as far as the earth and no wayfarer venture abroad on the highways and Abraham be left undisturbed in his pain. But the absence of strangers caused Abraham great vexation and he sent his servant Eleazar forth to keep a lookout for travelers. When the servant returned from his fruitless search, Abraham himself, in spite of his illness, and the scorching heat prepared to go forth on the highway and see whither he would not succeed, where failure had attended Eleazar, whom he did not wholly trust at any rate bearing in mind the well-known saying, No truth among slaves. At this moment God appeared to him surrounded by the angels, and quickly Abraham attempted to rise from his seat, but God checked every demonstration of respect, and when Abraham protested, that it was unbecoming to sit in the presence of the Lord.
God said, As thou livest, thy descendants at the age of four and five will sit in days to come in the schools and in the synagogues while I reside therein. Meantime, Abraham beheld three men. They were the angels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. They had assumed the form of human beings to fulfill his wish for guests toward whom to exercise hospitality. Each of them had been charged by God with a special mission. Besides to be executed on earth, Raphael was to heal the wound of Abraham. Michael was to bring Sarah the glad tidings that she would bear a son. And Gabriel was to deal destruction to Sodom and Gomorrah. Arrived at the tent of Abraham, the three angels noticed that he was occupied in nursing himself, and they withdrew. Abraham, however, hastened after them through another door of the tent, which had wide open entrances on all sides. He considered the duty of hospitality more important than the duty of receiving the Shekinah. Turning to God, he said, O Lord, may it please thee not to leave thy servant while he provided for the entertainment of his guests. Then he addressed himself to the stranger, walking in the middle between the other two, whom by this token he considered the most distinguished. It was the archangel Michael, and he bade him and his companions turn aside into his tent. The manner of his guests who treated one another politely made a good impression upon Abraham. He was assured that they were men of worth whom he was entertaining. But as they appeared outwardly like Arabs, and the people worshipped the dust of their feet, he bade them first wash their feet that they might not defile his tent. He did not depend upon his own judgment in reading the character of his guests. By his tent a tree was planted, which spread its branches over all who believed in God and afforded them shade. But if idolaters went under the tree, their branches turned upward and the cast no shade upon the ground. Whenever Abraham saw this sign, he would at once set about the task of converting the worshipers of the false gods. And as the tree made a distinction between the pious and the impious, so also between the clean and the unclean, its shade was denied them as long as they refrained from taking the prescribed ritual bath in the spring that flowed out from its roots, the waters of which rose at once for those whose uncleanness was of a venial character and could be removed forthwith, while others had to wait seven days for the water to come up. Accordingly, Abraham bade the three men lean against the trunk of the tree. Thus he would soon learn their worth or their unworthiness. Being of the truly pious, who promised little but performed much, Abraham said only, I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your heart, seeing that ye chance to pass my tent at dinner time. Then, after ye have given thanks to God, ye may pass on. But when the meal was served to the guest, it was a royal banquet, exceeding Solomon's at the time of his most splendid magnificence. Abraham himself ran into the herd to fetch cattle for meat. He slaughtered three cows that he might be able to set a tongue with mustard before each of his guests. In order to accustom Ishmael to God-pleasing deeds, he had him dress the cows, and he bade Sarah bake the bread. But as he knew that women are apt to treat guests 
niggardly uh, he was explicit in his request to her. He said, make ready quickly three measures of meal, yea, fine meal, as it happened. The bread was not brought to the table because it accidentally became unclean, and our father Abraham was accustomed to eat his daily bread only in a clean slate, in a clean state. Abraham himself served as guest, and it appeared to him that the three men are eight. But this was an illusion. In reality, the angels did not eat. Only Abraham, his three friends, Anna, Eskel, and Mamre, and his son Ishmael, partook of the banquet and the portions set before the angels were devoured by a heavenly fire. Although the angels remained angels even in their human disguise, nevertheless the personality of Abraham was so exalted that in his presence the archangels felt insignificant. After the meal, the angels asked after Sarah, though they knew that she was in retirement in her tent. But it was proper for them to pay their respects to the lady of the house and send her the cup of wine over which the blessing had been said. Michael, the greatest of the angels, thereupon announced the birth of Isaac. He drew a line upon the wall saying, when the sun crosses this point, Sarah will be with child. And when he crosses the next point, she will give birth to a child. This communication, which was intended for Sarah and not for Abraham, to whom the promise had been revealed long before, the angels made at the entrance to her tent. But Ishmael stood between the angel and Sarah, for it would not have been seemly to deliver the message in secret with none other by. Yet, so radiant was the beauty of Sarah that a beam of it struck the angel and made him look up. In the act of turning toward her, he heard her laugh within herself. Is it possible that these bowels can yet bring forth a child? These shriveled breasts give suck, and though I should be able to bear, yet is it not my lord Abraham old? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Am I too old to do wonders? And wherefore does Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? The reproach made by God was directed against Abraham, as well as against Sarah, for he too had showed himself of little faith when he was told that a son would be born unto him. But God mentioned only Sarah's incredulity, leaving Abraham to become conscious of his defect himself. Regarding of the peace of their family life, God had not repeated Sarah's words accurately to Abraham. Abraham might have taken amiss what his wife had said about his advanced years. And so precious is the peace between husband and wife that even the Holy One, blessed be he, preserved it at the expense of truth. After Abraham had entertained his guests, he went with them to bring them on their way. For important as the duty of hospitality is, the duty of speeding the parting guest is even more important. Their way lay in the direction of Sodom, whither two of the angels were going, the one to destroy it and the second to save Lot, while the third, his errand to Abraham fulfilled, returned to heaven. That's uh, interesting because it says Michael... Raphael and Gabriel 
were the mm-hmm. three angels. Michael there to deliver the message to Sarah, which is interesting because usually Gabriel's the one that's doing that. And uh-huh. Raphael uh, is was there to heal Abraham. And Raphael is known for healing, uh, although he's also known for uh, capturing and binding up Azazel, which uh, Raphael's no sissy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a tough right. guy, too. Uh-huh. Um, and Gabriel sent for destruction. You know, so you'd almost think it would be Gabriel giving the message and Michael being sent for destruction. But it shows that, you know, each of these guys are equally capable. Michael's certainly uh, apparently the toughest of them all um, next to the Godhead because we see later he even takes out Satan. Um, right. But that's interesting that it, it has Michael. And then you see turning to God. So... And this is the legends of the Jews. So I'm, I'm wondering yes. at, at what point in this narrative is yod heh vav or the word of the Lord, appearing here? Because um, it appears like he's a, a fourth person in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, they all come down uh, together. And uh, according to the other stories, you know, he is speaking with, the word of the Lord. Um, and in this case, it's referencing that as the, the father, but in the other stories, again, we, we have the allusion to the word of the Lord. Um, you sure? The word of the Lord. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm just wondering, cause I, I mean, I don't believe this myself, but I, I know, uh, what is it? Either Jehovah witnesses or Mormons, uh, often think of Michael and Yeshua are the same? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm, right. Uh, if maybe this. Yeah, is, no, I don't believe that either. But yeah, 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 I don't believe that. But I, I think it's Jehovah Witnesses that believe that. I, I, I could be wrong, but um, th- this would be one of those cases where they might point to something that would give that a uh, belief. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Uh, are there any other texts that say Michael is the third one? Or is this the only text that says that that you're aware of? Um, this is the only one that I recall off the top of my head. I'll I'll look here in the writings of Abraham and see if there's a mention. Yeah, I'd like to hear. Uh, well, we're about ready to go to the top of the hour break, so yeah, when we come back, you can read the uh, the writings of Abraham account, uh, sort of a first person point of view there. That would be mm-hmm. interesting. Um. Oh, but even in this Legends of the Jews thing, like I said, it appears that you know the angel of the Lord or the word of the Lord or yod heh is inserted into the three. And it's also interesting because it says and then turning to God, you know, and there's a dialogue there. So you have Michael giving the message. Interesting that Ishmael kind of jumps in there uh, yeah. in the conversation. And that uh, it said that uh, Mamre, Aner, and Eshkel were also chilling out there. Right, right. Yeah, because they had all just been circumcised. Well, I mean, we know the Genesis 14 war. They, these guys are Amorites, and I maintain that, yeah. they're, that they're giants that were confederate with Abraham. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, also, that the tree has is this is the tree of Mamre, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right. Yes. That it had some kind of magical powers or something that made a distinction between the pious and the impious, right. the clean and the unclean. Yeah. That it, it's That's branches. interesting that it mentions that. Maybe that's why. I mean, there's some, had to be something about this tree, right? Because right. you know it, it's mentioned very, you know, definitively. This is the tree of memory. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it's interesting that the story brings that up. All right, we'll be right back for a second hour. Hi, my name is Ella, and I'm 10 years old. I'm one of the millions of children born to parents suffering from the sheeple virus. Symptoms include the inability to think for oneself, the attention span of a goldfish, and a strong belief in government and the mainstream media. It is estimated that one out of every two children are being raised by parents infected with the sheeple virus. But there is a cure. For as little as 19 cents per day, you can become a TFR supporter and help children like me get their daily dose of truth. Together, we will make sure every child has protection from deception. You are now tuned into the truth frequency. We are TFR. Welcome back, everybody, to second hour. We were just speaking about the Oak of Memory, and I thought it was uh, very interesting that it makes mention here in the Legends of the Jews of this particular tree and how it could identify those who were pious and those who weren't. Yeah, that's and, that's pretty wild, man. I mean, that's yeah. like, you know... We we have these you know rods of power, the garments of power, and this right. tree. Uh, I mean, this all becomes very Lord of the Rings ish. You know, when we start yeah. thinking of the practicality of it, like if this actually was true, if this really happened. I mean, they're sitting under this tree, and the tree would either you know raise its limbs up or you know, hang them down, or yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, and then he was using it like that as a sort of a litmus test to witness to people. Right, right, <laughs> you know? yeah, and to convert them from their false gods. Yeah, like they, you know, come sit, and they sit in the tree reacts. He's like, okay, you know, yeah, we, we need to right. inoculate you from the sheeple virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I did find it interesting that uh, that Mamre, Aner, and Eshkel were also hanging out there with him. I mean, they must have been uh-huh. pretty close buddies with uh, Abraham. Right. Yeah, and from what I understand, um, that this particular tent Abraham had set up at, you know, at a crossroads, and oh. he did so in in order to entertain travelers and to you know to give them a a, a place to um, retire and get rest, have their feet washed, and also 
receive meal and i guess that you know he did that in order to be able to test testify uh to them as well and that the the oak of memory let kind of let him know where they were uh so that he could approach them with his testimony uh, very interesting uh are are you aware of any text that comes right out and tells you that memory ain't Arneshkel were giants Mm, not right offhand, but other than the fact that they were Amorites. Yeah, yeah, but you know, of course, there's there's some manuscripts I could look up to see if there is mention of that, and uh, get back with you. Um, look up because there are you know there are other parallel accounts which, um, even though I've shared somewhat uh, from them, I haven't read a lot. Like uh, the Legends of the Patriarchs was a, a really good one, and the Chronicles of Jeremiah, as well as the um, the Perk D Rabbi Eleazar. So, those are three sources that I also like to go to uh, quite often well, when looking up other detail. Yeah, I mean we we assume that they're giants because the Amorites were giants, and this was at a right. time when the Am- Amorites were flourishing in the land. Um, and the reason I'm asking is because, you know, clearly there's some fierce warriors going on there because yes, they're, they're specifically right. mentioned with the Battle of Genesis 14 as, you know, part of the three four three hundred uh, was it three yes. hundred and eighteen guys, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that go in there, uh, and and slaughter Keter Lotmar who had already proven himself to be quite the conqueror. So, right. I mean, you know, if they're giants or not, they're at least Conan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, perhaps. They were acting as Abraham's bodyguards here at this point. I mean, if they're uh-huh. just chilling out around him, you know, Abraham's in fear of nobody, you know. Right. Uh, just, you know, I, I got a fascinating visual in my mind, you know, <laughs> you know thinking of these things. Uh, you know, like well, a, as a certainly, filmmaker. they were definitely mighty men. For sure. Uh, for sure, yeah. All right, um, well, I'll go into this one from the writings of Abraham real quick. Cool. Uh, Three months later, the Lord sent unto me three of his ministering angels, who were holy men of God from the city of Enoch. Oh, wow. For I was sitting at the door of my tent, and I lifted up mine eyes from my meditations, and behold, three men in the distance were walking. Oh, no. I don't know what happened. Um, give me a second to go back to it just forwarded all the way through okay just a few chapters away that was weird pretty wild it mentions I mean this book is really big on the city of Enoch yes it is it connects, you know, uh, even the angels um, to that place. You know, again, that the place of the righteous and paradise uh, is up there. Okay. And the Spirit of the Lord whispered unto me that they were holy men of God who had a blessing for me. Wherefore I rose up and ran to meet them and bowing. Down before them, I led them unto Sarah's tent. 
Taking water from Sarah, I washed their feet. And spreading a carpet under the tree, which was at the door of Sarah's tent, I spread cushions upon it and caused them to sit down there. Uh, same as in the other story, he had them sit under the tree. And I called Eleazar and instructed him to send one of the young men to fetch a young and tender calf and supervise the preparation of it. Sarah also supervised the young women in preparing cakes and milk and cheese, mutton and beef to eat until the calf was prepared. And when they had eaten, one of the holy men said unto me, We shall return to thee nine months. Hence, and behold, at that time Sarah shall bear a son. Now Sarah was listening at the door of the tent, and when she heard these words, she laughed within herself, knowing that she was past the age of bearing, and I also was very old. But the holy man of God rebuked her, saying, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Surely when we return here nine months, hence thou shalt bear a son. Whereupon the three holy men of God entered with me, into Sarah's tent and blessed her and the Holy Spirit fell upon Sarah mighty in mighty power in the blessing and she conceived according to the word of the man of God then the three holy men of God departed from our camp and I walked with them to bring them on their way and the one who had before spoken said unto me Abraham we are from the city of Enoch and are ordained after the holy order of God we have come not only to bless Sarah that thou mightest have seed raised up unto thee out of her, but also on a mission which bringeth us sorrow. Nevertheless, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I will do? Nay, surely for his integrity he shall know what I am about to do. So here it's the word of the Lord as well. Yes, yeah, so in, in that narrative right there, it seems like, okay, we could go with the legend of the Jews. It's Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, and then the word of the Lord shows up. Because you always wonder in the Genesis narrative, who's he talking to? Where, yes. Where, uh -huh. where, you know, God says, you know, shall I hide from him what I'm going to do? Like right. it, here it looks like the word of the Lord shows up and he's asking the question of the, the three angels there. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it looks like to me. Right, right, yeah. And because he, you know, again, in that other text, it says that uh, Abraham is going to inherit all these cities, and yet he's about to destroy and you know, all that land, or at least that's what it said in the other narrative. So, uh, wherefore, Abraham, hast thou looked upon the iniquities of Sodom and her sister cities? For they have provoked the Lord with their abominations. Uh, for four times in each year, they gather together to sing and dance before their idol gods. And when they are dancing, every man layeth hold upon the wives and daughters of his neighbors and lieth with them. And this they do without authority from God, which thing is an abomination in his sight. But behold, this is the least of their sins. For no man is safe who entereth the city. For when a stranger entereth there, they will take from him his goods by force, and they will abuse his body. For both men and women will they bind, and crowds of the sodomites will gather about them and lie with them by force until everyone who desireth to lie with them hath done so. Now it is a wicked thing that men or women should be forced to lie with another against their will. 
But here, the whole city uniteth to force this wicked thing. Moreover, when they have stolen a man's goods and abused his flesh, they will torture him, and when they tire of torturing him, they will leave him naked and without food or water to die in the streets of their city. And it is forbidden by the law for anyone to help such a one by giving him food or drink. Moreover, the people of these cities have numerous idol gods before which they practice every kind of abomination without authority. And wherefore the Lord hath sent us to gather the righteous out of the cities before they are destroyed. And so saying, the three embraced me and kissed me and went on their way toward Sodom. That's interesting. Uh, the, the thought comes to my, I mean, Joshua goes into more detail on this uh, and maybe we can read the Joshua account. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Um, but the thought occurred to me, I wonder how Lot escaped that treatment. You know, it seems like any time a stranger comes into town, that's what happened. And, you know, this isn't too terribly long. I don't know exactly what the duration of time is from the time that Abraham and Lot split up. Uh, right. Uh, and then the the kings come, and they take Lot and his family as spoils of war. So I wonder if this is... If if after the Genesis 14 war, if maybe another group of people came into Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, because it seems like that place was destroyed and, you know, pillaged, and uh, the spoils of the city were taken in the Genesis 14 war. Uh huh. Yeah, um, seemingly so, because, uh, you know, the, he was living there um, at the time when the angels came and they were going to destroy him. And of course they wanted to take him out. And then all of the people came to his house, which, you know, it was also uh, against the ordinances of the city for him to take in these guests and to offer them food and drink and even rest. Cause you know, as I said in that previous passage, they, they would harm all the travelers and all those that were coming through, and it was forbidden them uh, to give hospitality. So for him to extend that courtesy to the angels, uh, he was breaking the ordinances of his city, his town. Well, at least further south, anyway. Uh, he's yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. I don't know geographically exactly what the distance is between the plains of Mamre and that of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, it, it would be interesting to plot out a timeline there to see what what is the time difference from the time that Abraham splits with Lot and Lot takes up residence in Sodom and Gomorrah, how much time passes between that event and the Genesis 14 war, and then how much time, well, it's not very much time from the Genesis 14 war to here, at least the, the way we read the last few chapters of Genesis that we've read. Right. It, it seems like not a whole lot of time is passing. Well, maybe it, I take that back because Ishmael is born. Uh, what when Abraham's what seventy five or something like that? I forget how old was. Do you remember how old Abraham was when he takes Hagar? Yeah, I think it was around then because he was thirteen, and I think um, 
when Isaac is born, he was 90. They were 90 years old. Yeah, so we're looking uh, at perhaps a, a decade or so because uh, he has Ishmael after the Genesis 14 war, right? Uh-huh, right. So, yeah, we're talking about about a decade or so probably. Yeah. At least. A fair amount of, uh, that's a longer period of time than... Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you just I read Genesis, thought. everything kind of just flows into one thing yeah, by another. Yeah, so fast, yeah. Uh, I was looking to see the last thing I read in Joshua, I think, was chapter 16. Uh, and this was several weeks back, because we, we focused more time in Jubilees. Uh-huh. Um, let me switch over here. Days uh, of Hagar, Abraham, Abraham called his name Ishmael. Abraham was... 86 years so Abraham was according to Joshua 86 years old when he begat Ishmael chapter 17 let me just go ahead and read here I don't don't know how far behind we are in Joshua so maybe there's a little bit of catching up to do here Mm -hmm. Uh, okay Joshua 17 and in those days in the 91st year of the life of Abraham the children of Chittim made war with the children of Tubal for when the Lord had scattered the sons of men upon the face of the earth, the children of Chittim went and embodied themselves in the plain of Canopia, and they built themselves cities there and dwelt by the river Tibrio. And the children of Tubal dwelt in Tuscana, and their boundaries reached the river Tibro. And the children, oh, here we go. We're going to be a whole bunch of names probably in this one. <laughs> Your favorite. <laughs> Yippee. The children of Tubal built a city in Tuscanan, and they called the name Sibana after the name of Sibana, the son of Tubal, their father, and they dwelt there until this day. And it was at that time the children of Chittim made war with the children of Tubal, and the children of Tubal were smitten before the children of Chittim, and the children of Chittim caused 370 men to fall from the children of Tubal. And at that time, the children of Tubal swore to the children of Chittim, saying, You shall not intermarry amongst us, and no man shall give his daughter to any of the sons of Chittim. For all the daughters of Tubal were in those days fair, for no women were then found in the whole earth so fair as the daughters of Tubal. And all who delighted in the beauty of women went to the daughters of Tubal and took wives from them. And the sons of men, kings and princes, who greatly delighted in the beauty of women, took wives in those days from the daughters of Tubal. And at the end of three years, after the children of Tubal had sworn to the children of Chittim not to give them their daughters for wives, about 20 men of the children of Chittim went to take some of the daughters of Tubal, but they found none. For the children of Tubal kept their oaths not to intermarry with them, and they would not break their oaths. And in the days of harvest, the children of Tubal went into their fields to get in their harvest when the young men of Chittim assembled and went to the city of Sabina, and each man took a young woman from the daughters of Tubal, and they came to their cities. And the children of Tubal heard of it, and they went to make war with them, and they could not prevail over them, for the mountain was exceedingly high from them. And when they saw they could not prevail over them, they returned to their land. And at the revolution of the year, the children of Tubal went and hired about 10,000 men from those cities that were near them, and they went to war with the children of Chittim. And the children of Tubal went to war with the children of Chittim to destroy their land and to distress them. And in this engagement, the children of Tubal prevailed over the children of Chittim. And the children of Chittim, seeing that there 
they were greatly distressed, lifted up the children which they had by the daughters of Tubal upon the wall which had been built to be before the eyes of the children of Tubal. And the children of Shittim said to them, Have you come to make war with your own sons and daughters? And have we not been considered your flesh and bones from that time till now? And when the children of Tubal heard this, they ceased to make war with the children of Chittim, and they went away. And they returned to their cities, and the children of Chittim at that time assembled and built two cities by the sea. And they called one Pertu and the other Ariza. And Abraham, and Abram, son of Terah, was then ninety-nine years old. And at that time the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will greatly multiply thy seed, and this is the covenant which I make between me and thee, that every male child be circumcised, thou and thy seed after thee. At eight days old shall it be circumcised, and this, circumcis- and this covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And now, therefore, thy name shall no more be called Abram, but Abraham, and thy wife shall no more be called Sarai, but Sarah. And I will bless you both, and I will multiply your seed after you, that you shall become a great nation, and kings shall come forth from you. So that's the Joshua 17 parallel to the Genesis 17 parallel. Uh, So I guess this is where we catch up, Joshua 18. And Abraham rose and did all that God had ordered him, and he took the men of his household and those bought with his money and circumcised them as the Lord had commanded him. And there was not one left whom he did not circumcise. And Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised in the flesh of their foreskin. Thirteen years old was Ishmael when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And in the third day, Abraham went out of his tent and sat at the door to enjoy the heat of the sun during the pain of his flesh. And the Lord appeared to him in the plain of Mamre and sent three of his ministering angels. Okay, so here we have the Lord appearing to him which we see in the Targum was the word of the Lord, so which we know mm-hmm. is Yeshua. So we have Yeshua appearing to him and three of his ministering angels. So th- yeah. Joshua seems to settle the issue right here, right. that we have four appearing. And sent three of his ministering angels to visit him, and he was sitting in the door of his tent, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and lo, three men were coming from a distance, and he rose up and ran to meet them, and he bowed down to them and brought them into his house. And he said to them, If now I have found favor in your sight, turn in and eat a morsel of bread. And he pressed them, and they turned in, and he gave them water, and he washed their feet, and he placed them under a tree at the door of the tent. And Abraham ran and took a calf, tender and good, and he hastened to kill it, and gave it to his servant Eliezer to dress. And Abraham came to Sarah into the tent, and he said to her, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes to cover the pot containing the meat. And she did so. And Abraham hastened and brought before them butter and milk, beef and mutton, and gave it before them to eat before the flesh of the calf was sufficiently done. And they did eat. So here it shows that they did eat. Uh, mm-hmm. Mutton, that's uh, that's rabbit, isn't it? I think mutton is rabbit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Which, uh, if mutton is rabbit, that's, I think, later declared unclean. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <clears throat> uh, hmm. Anyway, and when they had done eaten, eating before them, said to him, I will return to thee according to the time of life, and Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And the men afterward departed and went their ways to the places to which they were sent. In those days all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah 
and of the whole five cities were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord, and they provoked the Lord with their abominations, and they strengthened an aging abominably and scornfully before the Lord, and their wickedness and crimes were in those days great before the Lord. So we see about a dozen years or so have passed here, uh, at least since the birth of Ishmael. So Mm -hmm. perhaps these people moved in after the Genesis 14 war, Right. And then they returned there. So maybe there was a grandfather clause or something. Because I was wondering, like, why wouldn't Lot experience the same horrors that we're going to see take place here? Unless maybe he was a prior resident before all this happened and, you know, grandfathered in or something. Uh, I don't know. Great in those days, uh, their crimes were. And they had in their land a very extensive valley, about half a day's walk. And in it, there were fountains of water and a great deal of herbage surrounding the water. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah went there four times in the year with their wives and children and all belonging to them. And they rejoiced there with timbrels and dances. And in the time of rejoicing, they would all rise and lay hold of their neighbor's wives and some, the virgin daughters of their neighbors, and they enjoyed them. And each man saw his wife and daughter in the hands of his neighbor and did not say a word. And they did so from morning to night and they afterward returned home, each man to his house, and each woman to her tent. And so they always did four times in the year. Also, when a stranger came into their cities and brought goods, which he had purchased with a view to dispose there, the people of these cities would assemble men, women, and children, young and old, to go to the man and take his goods by force, giving a little to each man until there was an end to all the goods of the owner, which he had bought brought into the land. And if the owner of the goods quarreled with them, saying, What is this work which you have done to me? Then they would approach to him one by one, and each would show him the little which they took and taught him, taunt him, saying, I only took that little which thou didst give me. And when he heard this from them all, he would arise and go from them in sorrow and bitterness of soul, when they would arise, all arise and go before him and drive him out of the city with great noise and tumult. And there was a man from the country of Elam who was leisurely going on the road, seated upon his ass, which carried a fine mantle of diverse colors, and the mantle was bound with a cord upon the ass. And the man of his journey passing through the city was on his journey passing through the city of Sodom when the sun set in the evening, and he remained there in order to abide during the night, but no one would let him in into their house and at that time there was a Sodom there was in Sodom a wicked and mischievous man one skillful to do evil and his name was Hedad and he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the street of the city and he came to him and said whence comest thou and whither dost thou go and the man said to him I am traveling from Hebron to Elam where I belong and as I passed the sun set and no one would suffer me to enter his house Though I had bread and water and also straw and provender from my ass, and am short of nothing. And he had answered and said to him, All that thou shalt want shall be supplied by me, but in the street thou shalt not abide all night. And he had brought him to his house, and he took off the mantle from the ass with the cord, and brought him to his house, and he gave the ass straw and provender, whilst the traveler ate and drank at in Hedad's house, and he abode there that night. 
And in the morning, the traveler rose up early to continue his journey when we go to break. <laughs> All right, we'll pick it up on the other side. Be right back, everyone. everybody for a final segment uh, it's been a very interesting show let me turn it back over to you brother so we can finish up with the book of jasher yeah it looks like that might take up the better part of this next segment here i was skipping ahead mm -hmm. to see it's pretty long chapters here uh people in the chat room corrected me thank you mutton is lamb it's old lamb uh, old okay, lamb right i'm having a uh what do you call it, uh, Mandela effect moment here, because for some reason, <laughs> I don't know why, I seem to have this memory that mutton is is rabbit. Am I losing it? Am I, is, am I having a senior moment here? Have you ever heard that before? Um, no, I had not. But I, I guess I'm having a senior I, moment. I, I, did, I didn't know. I, for whatever reason, I, I haven't really even heard uh, mutton or even thought about, you know, what it was associated with before. Well, I haven't, yeah. haven't eaten in several hours, and maybe I am having a senior <laughs> moment, or it's a Mandela effect. I don't know. But anyway, everybody in the chat room's like, yeah, it's it's old sheep or goat meat, I guess. Ah, uh, right on. Which would make sense. Well, yeah, it certainly would make sense, because uh, yeah. I believe rabbit, unless I'm mistaken on that, too. I think rabbit yeah, is unclean. Uh, unclean. Right. Uh, okay, anyway. Uh, let's see. I think I left off of verse 24. And in the morning, the traveler rose up early to continue his journey when he... When Hedad said to him, Wait, comfort thy heart with a morsel of bread, and then go. And the man did so, and he remained with him, and they both ate and drank together during the day when the man rose up to go. And Hedad said to him, Behold, now the day... Oops. The day... Uh, hang on, something's frozen up here. Behold, now the day is declining. Thou has better remain all night that thy heart may be comforted and he pressed him so that he tarried there all night and on the second day he rose up early to go away when he dad pressed him saying comfort thy heart with a morsel of bread then go and he remained and ate with him also the second day and then the man rose up to continue his journey and he dad said to him behold now the day is declining remain with me to comfort thy heart and in the morning rise early and go thy way the man would not remain but rose and saddled his ass. And whilst he was saddling his ass, the wife of Hedad said to her husband, Behold, this man has remained with us 
for two days eating and drinking, and he has given us nothing. And now shall he go away without giving us anything? And he had said to her, Be silent. And the man saddled his ass to go, and he asked he had to give him the cord and mantle to tie it upon the ass. And he had said to him, What sayest thou? And he said to him, That thou, Lord, may give me the cord and the mantle made with diverse colors, which thou didst conceal with thee in thy house to take care of it. And he had answered the man, saying, This is the interpretation of thy dream. The cord which thou didst see means that thy life will be lengthened like, uh, lengthened out like a cord, and having seen the mantle colored with all sorts of colors means that thou shalt have a vineyard in which thou wilt plant trees of all fruits. And the traveled answered, saying, Not so, my lord, for I was awake when I gave thee the cord, and also a mantle woven with different colors, which thou didst take off the ass to, to put them by for me. And he had said and answered and said, Surely I have told thee the interpretation of thy dream. And he's totally gaslighting him here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it is a good dream. And this is the interpretation thereof. Now the sons of men give me four pieces of silver, which is my charge for interpreting dreams. <laughs> Must be a Democrat. And of thee, only I require the pieces of silver. And the man was provoked at the words of Hedad, and he cried bitterly, and he brought Hedad to Sirach, judge of Sodom. And the man laid his cause before Sirach, the judge, when Hedad replied, saying, It is not so, but thus the matter stands. And the judge said to the traveler, This man Hedad telleth the truth, for he is famed in the cities for the accurate interpretation of dreams. And the man cried at the word of the judge and said, Not so, my lord, for it was in the day that I gave him the cord and mantle which was upon the ass in order to put them by in his house, and they both disputed before the judge, the one saying, Thus the matter was, and the other declaring otherwise. And he had said to the man, Give me four pieces of silver that I charge for my interpretation of dreams. I will not make my allowance in Give me the expense of the four meals that thou didst eat in my house. And the man said to Hedad, Truly I will pay thee for what I ate in thy house. Only give me the cord and mantle which thou didst concealed in thy house. And Hedad replied before the judge and said to the man, Did I not tell thee the interpretation of thy dream? The cord means that thy days shall be prolonged like a cord, and the mantle that thou wilt have a vineyard in which thou wilt plant all kinds of fruit trees. This is the proper interpretation of thy dream. Now give me the four pieces of silver that I require as a compensation, and I will make thee no allowance. And the man cried at the words of Hedad, and they both quarreled before the judge, and the ju judge gave orders to his servants, who drove them rashly from the house. And they went away quarreling from the judge. When the people of Sodom heard them, and they gathered about them, and they exclaimed against the stranger, and they drove him rashly from the city. And the man continued his journey upon his ass with bitterness of soul, lamenting and weeping. And whilst he was going along, he wept at what had happened to him in the corrupt city of Sodom. This is what happens with Democrats rule. <laughs> and the cities of Sodom <laughs> and the cities of Sodom had four judges to four cities, and these were their names Serak in the city of Sodom, Sharkhad in Gomorrah, Zabnak in Adma, and Minam in Zeboim. And Eliezer, Abraham's servant, applied to them different names, and he converted Sarak to Shakra, and Sharkhad to Shakrura, and Zabnak to 
Kizobim and Minam to Matzlodin. And by desire of their four judges, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had beds erected in the streets of the cities. And if a man came to these places, they laid hold of him and brought him to one of the beds and by force made him to lie in them. And as he lay down, three men would stand at his head and three at his feet and measure him by the length of the bed. And if the man was less than the bed, these six men would stretch him at each end. And when he cried out to them, they would not answer him. And if he was longer than the bed, they would draw together the two sides of the bed at each end until the man had reached the gates of death. And he continued to cry, and if he continued to cry out to them, they would answer him, saying, Thus shall it be done to a man that cometh into our land. And when men heard all these things that the people of the cities of Sodom did, they refrained from coming there. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Chaz? Uh, <laughs> and when a poor man came to their land, they would give him silver and gold and cause a proclamation in the whole city not to give him a morsel of bread to eat. And if the stranger would remain there some days and die from hunger, not having been able to obtain a morsel of bread, then at his death all the people of the city would come and take their silver and gold which they had given to him. And those that could recognize the silver or gold which they had given him took it back. And at his death, they also stripped him of his garments, and they would fight about them. And he that prevailed over his neighbor took them. They would after that carry him and bury him under some of the shrubs in the deserts. So they, so they did all the days to anyone that came to them and died in their land. In the course of time, Sarah sent Eliezer to Sodom to see Lot and inquire after his welfare. And Eliezer went to Sodom, and he met a man of Sodom fighting with the stranger. And the man of Sodom stripped the poor man of his clothes and went away. And this poor man cried to Eliezer and, and supplicated his favor on account of what the man of Sodom had done to him. And he said to him, Why dost thou act thus to the poor man who came to thy land? And the man of Sodom answered Eliezer, saying, Is this man thy brother? Or have the people of Sodom made thee a judge this day, that thou shouldest speak about this man? And Eliezer strove with the man of Sodom on account of the poor man. And when Eliezer approached to recover the poor man's clothes from the man of Sodom, he hastened with a stone and smote Eliezer in the forehead. And the blood flowed copiously from Eliezer's forehead. And when the man saw the blood, he caught hold of Eliezer, saying, Give me my hire for having rid thee of this bad blood, that was in thy forehead for such is the custom and the law in, the, in our land these people are psycho right man and Eliezer said to him thou hast wounded me and requirest me to pay thee thy hire and Eliezer would not hearken the words of the man of Sodom and the man laid hold of Eliezer and brought him to Shakra the judge of Sodom for judgment and the man spoke to the judge saying I beseech thee before my lord Thus hast this man done, for I smote him with a stone that the blood flowed from his forehead, and he was unwilling to give me my hire. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the judge said to Eliezer, This man speaketh truth to thee. Give him his hire, for this is the custom in our land. And Eliezer heard the words of the judge, and he lifted up a stone and smote the judge. <laughs> and the stone struck on his forehead, and the blood flowed copiously from the forehead of the judge. 
I like Eliezer. Good for you, dude. I do too. And Eliezer said, If this then is the custom in your land, give thou unto this man what I should have given him, for this has been thy decision, thou didst decree it. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, right. You pay me, and I'll pay him. <laughs> Take a rock in the head. And Eliezer left the man of Sodom with the judge, and <laughs> he went his way. And when the kings of Elam had made, meanwhile, elsewhere, when the kings of Elam had made war with the kings of Sodom, the kings of Elam captured all the property of Sodom, and they took Lot captive with his property, and it was told to Abraham, he went and made war with the kings of Elam, and he recovered from their hands all the property of Lot, as well as the property of Sodom. At that time, the wife of Lot bare him a daughter, and he called her name Paltith, saying, Because God had delivered him and his whole household from the kings of Elam, and Paltith, daughter of Lot, grew up, and one of the men of Sodom took her for a wife. And a poor man came into the city to seek maintenance, and he remained in the city some days, and all the people of Sodom caused a proclamation of their custom not to give this man a morsel of bread to eat until he dropped dead upon the earth, and they did so. And Paltith, the daughter of Lot, saw this man lying in the streets, starving, starved with hunger, and no one would give him anything to keep him alive, and he was just upon the point of death. And her soul was filled with pity on account of the man, and she fed him secretly the bre with bread for many days, and the soul of this man was revived. For when she went forth to fetch water, she would put the bread in the water pitcher, and when she came to the place where the poor man was, she took the bread from the pitcher and gave it him to eat. So she did many days. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah wondered how this man could bear starvation so many days. And they said to each other, This can only be that he eats and drinks, for no man can bear starvation for so many days, or his life, or live as this man has, without even his countenance changing. And three men concealed themselves in a place where the poor man was stationed to know who it was that brought him bread to eat. And Palatith, daughter of Lot, went forth that day to fetch water, and she put bread into the pitcher of water, and she went to draw water by the poor man's place, and she took out the bread from the pitcher and gave it to the poor man, and he ate it. And the three men saw what Palatith did to the poor man, and they said to her, It is thou then who hast supported him, and therefore has he not starved, nor changed in appearance, nor died like the rest. And the three men went out of the place in which they had they were concealed, and they seized Palatith and the bread which was in the poor man's hand. And they took Palatith and brought her before the judges, and they said to them, Thus did she do, and it is she who supplied the poor man with bread. Therefore did he not die all this time. Now therefore declare to us the punishment due to this woman for having transgressed our law. And the people of Sodom and Gomorrah assembled and kindled a fire in the street of the city, and they took the woman and cast her into the fire, and she was burnt to ashes. Dang! And in the city of Adma, there was a woman to whom they did the like. For a travel came into the city of Adma to abide there all night, and the intention of going home in the morning, uh, with the intention of going home in the morning, and he sat opposite the door of the house of the young woman's father, and remained there, as the sun had set when he had reached that place. And the young woman saw him sitting by the door of the house. And he asked her for a drink of water, and she said to him, 
Who art thou? And he said to her, I was this day going on the road and reached here when the sun set, so I will abide here all night, and in the morning I will arise early and continue my journey. And the young woman went into the house and fetched the man bread and water to eat and drink. And this affair became known to the people of Adma, and they assembled and brought the young woman before the judges, and they that they should judge her for this act. And the judge said, The judgment of death must pass upon this woman, because she transgressed our law, and this therefore is the decision concerning her. And the people of those cities assembled and brought out the young woman, and anointed her with honey from head to foot, as the judge had decreed, and they placed her before a swarm of bees, which were then in their hives, and the bees flew upon her and stung her that her, bo her whole body was swelled. And the young woman cried out on account of the bees, but no one took notice of her or pitied her, and her cries ascended to heaven. And the Lord was provoked at this and at all the works of the cities of Sodom, for they had abundance of food and had tranquility amongst them and still would not sustain the poor and the needy. And in those days... Their evil doings and sins became great before the Lord. And the Lord sent for two of the angels that had come to Abraham's house to destroy Sodom and the cities. And the angels rose up from the door of Abraham's tent after they had eaten and drunk, and they reached Sodom in the evening. And Lot was then sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when they saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed down to the ground. I'll probably stop there because that's where the next chapter of Genesis takes 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 over from there. So we have the angels leaving to go to Sodom and Gomorrah in the in the Genesis account that we read. So that's about as far as Joshua parallels mm -hmm. it. Fascinating. Um, you know, all the details because people wonder uh, in, just reading the Genesis narrative in the King, King James, you don't get all the details on how wicked these people are and how corrupt even the justice system mm -hmm. uh, you know, the and to not even feed, you know, um, to give them and to allow people to suffer death and even to appoint death to those people that took care of the travelers that were coming through to give them food and water, something simple as that, you know, providing them basic sustenance. And, um, you know, so it, it, you know, makes sense why God would rain down punishment upon them and destroy them for their evil and wicked ways. It's so interesting. We're, we're reading this section of Genesis, just like the Torah portions seem to mirror what's going on in our life today. Uh, yes. I, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, Andy Hoy pointed that out to me uh, just a few years ago, saying, just start paying attention. Like, in the Torah portion, the half Torah, the prophets portion, and the New Testament portions, they, they tend to, you know, as we're doing these year to year, each week that we're doing them, pay attention to what's going on geopolitically, and you'll find mm -hmm. some remarkable parallels there. And, you know, I guess we're going to see if our judges are like the wicked judges of Sodom and Gomorrah as, yes. they, as they try right. the various cases that are being brought before them. Right. And so far, you know, we've seen Sodom-like judges <laughs> You know, exactly. And saying nothing to see here. There's no. I mean, right. we got all these signed all affidavits. Conspiracy. We have all this proof of of definite, you know, chicanery going on. Yes. And it, oh, no, it has no evidence. No evidence. No evidence. You know. Yeah, just conspiracy. Well, you We're know, just peddling conspiracy. I'm I'm kind of praying like Abraham right right now. Will you destroy this place for the sake of the righteous? You know that are here also. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
you know, on my virtual house church website, I have a, um, sort of a plug in there that 119 Ministries has for people that are striving to walk in Torah. And there's like a little blue tag there for people all over the world that have signed up on that app to say, yeah, you know, we're doing that. And when you look at the number of blue tags that are in the United States, I mean, you, I mean, you really have to zoom in pretty close on the map to find space between the tags. That's how many there are in this country. Awesome. You know, it's just this, this massive move. I call it the Ephraim Awakening. Yes. Uh, that this is taking place worldwide, but certainly the vast majority of them are concentrated in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, and I keep, you know, crying out in a prayer like Abraham, like, Father, none of us are perfect. We understand that, but l- look at this map. You know, mm-hmm. this is more right. than the 50 or 40 or 30 or 20 or whatever that Abraham negotiated for. This is a whole lot here that I have to believe that, he, you know, he's not going to destroy this place for this. You know, if we want to go after the 10 square mile place there on the East Coast that shall remain nameless, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, pull the righteous <laughs> out, send the angels to take the, if there's any lots in family there, you know, pull them out. But All right. I'd have no problem, you know, seeing judgment taking place there because of the evils that have come out of there, but. I might do some good. I mean, when you, in Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> dude cracks him in the head with a stone, he starts bleeding, <laughs> and he says, oh, you owe me for that. You know, I've taken the bad blood out of your head. <laughs> and then the oh, Eliezer's God. like, okay, <laughs> the judge, he cracks the judge in the head with a stone and say, you pay him, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's freaking yeah, awesome yeah that cracked me up even the first time that's that awesome. I read it so. the other dude though man I mean talk about gaslighting it, you know it's like you have an example of mainstream media and an example of corrupt judicial system right yes, here in this passage right. that we just read from Josh here. right he's like oh, I, I, I just interpreted your dream dude like you know that's he totally gaslighted him there mm-hmm. yeah and stole that a mantle of many colors, which is, you know, in the, um, I think it's in the legends of the Jews that also goes into elaboration on that story as well. And, you know, people that have not read these other texts, they don't get any of that. And I think it's important, you know, to clarify as to the wickedness that was truly going on in these these places and yeah as you said the the parallel to what we're dealing with and living in right now it's um man i hope that you know there is some true justice and that we get some some people that are honorable uh, to really stand up for for truth and uh, to make some some changes otherwise I just, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really at liberty to give details because uh, the person hasn't given me permission to do so. But I, I, I had an interesting conversation with somebody last night who called me, who, by the sheer favor of God, was ushered into the White House. Um, and if you ever hear this guy's testimony, it's, it's. I used to say that I was the feather in Forrest Gump that just floats from one cool scene to another. But <laughs> this guy, you know, he, he's Forrest Gump. You know, he's, if you ever seen the movie, I mean, Forrest just kind of floats into one scene after another until he's, you know, he does all these amazing things. And uh, this friend of mine is very much like that. And he said, let me just tell you, man, there are some really good, solid Torah Christian people surrounding Trump right now. 
uh, praying over him, praying with him, and he's seeking counsel with them. So yeah, he's not a perfect That's man fair. by no means, you know, and I've said that many times mm-hmm. myself, but right. he, he is certainly surrounding me. Now, there are other people that are surrounding him that I that I don't support, um, that claim to be Christians, but yeah, I, I'm not going to mention their names, but they're high-profile people that I just think are, you know, I'll, I'll just reserve that statement, <laughs> what I think. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not, not fans of them, let me say it this way, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there are legitimate people that are good, really solid Christian, godly people, uh, some of which are also Torah, that uh, are surrounding him right now. So, you know, regardless, we need to be praying uh, for this nation in the days ahead because, I mean, we can see the corruption in this story here in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, man, I just look at the events of 2020 and see that, man, you know, we're, we're skirting awfully close to some of these horrors you know ourselves as a nation yeah and you think um if this whole election debacle is allowed to stand in the manner that you know the democrats are trying to to push it then what of the whole thing with you know the the states trying to remove exemption to vaccines and then the force inoculation and all that um I mean, things can just get totally out of hand. Police state measures, you know, the uh, dictatorial nature of not just the the presidency and the uh, the whole, you know, the movement of the socialists and the Democrats and the the whole thing of the Nazism and communism and everything coming into play. It's insane. But then, if you have the courts also corrupted and uh, it's just uh, we have I mean where do we stand and where do we find truth uh, in this country it's going to be chaos it really is uh, we just I mean if things I mean right now the visual that I have is that, that Trump is the Hoover Dam <laughs> holding mm-hmm. back a massive flood of unimaginable evil I mean if you look into what, what Biden's already doing <laughs> uh-huh. uh, man, it's it's not good. It is really, really bad, folks. So um, we need to be praying. Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, you know, today is almost over, but remembering what we should be thankful for and being most certainly grateful for it. I had a really good conversation with my parents actually just about an hour before coming on this broadcast. Oh, that's and, great. And talking with them about you know friends and people that we know and just uh, the blessings that we have have in our lives and you know the people we've been able to have interaction with that have formed us into the people that we are so Mm -hmm. you know I'm really grateful for it and you know I'm I'm just going to say I'm really thankful for you too bro I'm thankful for for our our friendship and for the platform that we have here to be able to do what we're doing and for Truth Frequency Radio also uh, allowing us to do this here right Yes, man. Hey, we love you too. And send our regards to Sheila and the rest of the family. For sure. God bless all. Good night. Blessings. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Praise God. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this video presentation. If you did, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, like the video, and share it on your favorite social media sites. There's a lot more to come, so stay tuned, and we'll see you back next time.